0: Okay, before the top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. I want to kick off hour three, brought to you by Mop and Roofing, 405-703-3843. I want to kick off hour three with a little stat that you sent me. Y'all realize what Saturday is, right? It's Saturday the first day of July. Yes. It is. Saturday is the first day of July. July 1. Saturday is also the day. When UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU officially join the Big 12. That means on Saturday, four schools will make the jump to Power 5. Brett McMurphy put together a list of the last, I don't know, how many teams does he have here? 12, 15 teams that made the jump to Power 5 conferences in the past 12 years, and the number of winning records in league play since joining the current conference um, is not pretty. Now, again, some of these schools were going from Power 5 to Power 5. Like, for instance, Nebraska, Texas A&M, Missouri, Colorado, they were all going Power 5 to Power 5. But in that same vein,
1: they shuffled around.
0: Of the teams, Josh, you know this answer, so go ahead. In tw- who has been the most successful jump from power F- uh, from maybe to a power five conference? Is the best way to put it. It's been Utah, right? It's been Utah in football. Eight winning records in league play since joining the Pac twelve. I would
1: have thought TCU. I thought, oh gosh, TCU—they've had a lot of winning records. They've, they've had some really, really nice highs, but some some low lows. TCU has
0: say so because this this blew me away. TCU's only had five winning records in the Big Twelve in the eleven seasons that they've been here. Why do I feel like that number should be significantly higher, Josh? And
1: and it's winning records in league play. League play, league play, ladies and gentlemen. I'm surprised Nebraska has 5.
0: Oh, you want to know something wild about Nebraska? And they they just went in the last how long do they have Nebraska down there for? Past 12 years. Past 12 years. So cuz I was just looking this up. They had Nebraska at 5 in the last 12 years. So Nebraska joined the Big 10 in 2011. Yes. They're winning Records in conference play one, two, three, four straight when they joined the league in one sense, and then a fifth this in the let's see, sixth year. So they basically, oh, they got overwhelmed by the Big Ten, their first four years in the Big or for One, two, three, first four years in the Big Ten winning records. Then they hired Mike Riley. Went three and five. They went six and three. Their winning records. All five of their winning records came in their first six years in the league. One of the three winning records that Texas A&M has had since joining the SEC came in their first year.
1: Both of Missouri's probably came in their first two years. Oh, did let's they not? look.
0: I think you're right. I, that's a great point. Oh, they're just going to get eaten up whenever they go. Eh. As one great man once said with a number two pencil in his hand, not so fast, my friend. Here's Missouri's first uh, two years in the SEC. They went two and six their first year.
1: Second year, they definitely did.
0: Seven and one, seven and one in their next two years. Uh So, two of their first three years were their winning records in
1: the SEC. By the way, pour one out uh, for our friends in Maryland and (laughs) Rutgers who have had zero, zero winning records in league play since uh, joining the Big Ten.
0: Good luck, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF. How
1: about Colorado? One winning Pac-12 record in in a dozen seasons.
0: Yeah, and if you were to believe those who, I guess, basically just have people that talk to them about – Conference realignment every second of every day. Colorado's doing everything it can to get in the Big 12 right now.
1: Well, yeah, the good news is they're going to be here next week.
0: Yeah, that's right. I heard it's already been signed, and they're just waiting to announce it on the 4th of July holiday, so there'll be fireworks that'll be shot off around.
1: Hey, that actually would be pretty awesome. Yeah, you people still keep retweeting it. It'll you be like a Kevin Durant bombshell here. all over again, except for the bobs. All
0: right, let's let's uh, let's roll with the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here it comes. Eventually? It's coming. I promise.
1: Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man.
0: All right. Josh, it's time for the Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day. Newcastle Casino, conveniently located off I-44, exit 107, newcastlecasino.com. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. Big story number five. Number five. I'm being very greedy and selfish with big story number five. Earlier today, Baker Mayfield came by for a quick visit on the Plank Show because he's got his football camp coming up on Friday. Now we're gonna be out there, sweating. Any hot gonna be ridiculous, but Baker Mayfield football camp coming up on Friday. You can learn more at bakermayfieldcamps.com, and there is, there's opportunities, there's opening. Let's go. And by the way, he did say that he chose us over Toby and Teddy, so I. Do appreciate that, Bake. That means a lot.
1: Yeah, he wanted to he wanted to chat with you. By the way,
0: it's still one of my favorite moments ever. And just to see the uncomfortable look on Mark Andrews' face when Baker was like, You talk about your girlfriend? Tell him about your girlfriend or do you need a girlfriend? You need a girlfriend. That's what. And I'm thinking to myself, here's Mark Andrews. I'm like, he just looks. Please stop. You know, please don't don't do this to me right now. (laughs) And the dude ends up becoming like the best tight end in the NFL right now. And Baker's just there busting his chops whenever he gets an opportunity.
1: Receiving end of a signature play in the Cotton Bowl. And Correct. A signature still photo in Cotton Bowl history. There
0: are there are still Oh,
1: gosh, yeah. That Texas cheerleader is du- just Double done. birds.
0: Just done. BakerMayfieldCamp.com Go hang with um, the crew. Uh, by the way, here's, here's what you get to kind of give you an idea. I've had a few people ask uh, one of my one of my friends and more asked if if they would allow 30-year-old men to take part in the Baker Mayfield football camp. No, no, no. It's boys and girls grades first through eighth. So sorry. Participants will learn fundamental football skills, have the opportunity to meet and interact with Baker. Each camper will receive a limited edition camp t-shirt, a souvenir autograph, and a team photo with Baker. Camp again is open to boys and girls of all skill levels in grades 1st through 8th, BakerMayfieldCamp.com.
1: I love that he said that he has more fun than the campers.
0: I don't think that's a lot. (laughs) Um, All right, big story number four. Number four. You know what starts basically tomorrow at, like, midnight? The madness of the NBA offseason, allegedly. They do theirs opposite of the NFL. The NFL has all of its crazy free agency. Then they have the draft. The NBA, at least in my understanding of their timeline, there might be some trades, but their start of the offseason is the draft. And that kind of signals the end of 22-23 on to 23-24. And we brought this up, I think we brought this up yesterday in the top five stories of the day, but it bears repeating. The major names that we're keeping a name on, uh, an eye on, include Damian Lillard. Now, I want to be very clear. When we mention these names, I'm not just saying keeping an eye on it from a Thunder's perspective, just as an overall NBA perspective. You can pick and choose who you really believe maybe the Thunder are interested in or not. But Damian Lillard is out there. I feel like...
1: And he has not requested a trade. He has not. Don't you think that Portland, though, is going to actively shop Lillard does he have a no trade clause
0: that what does it say there I think he let's see player option 2024 I I think he does he I mean you would almost feel
1: like he would well I can just uh I can just imagine that Portland to me is going to be shopping him whether or not Damian does want to stay or not he, he's got that player option on this contract, so this could be it, and you would get nothing if you're Portland and, and you don't move him now.
0: Kind of like the quandary that OKC was in with Kevin Durant.
1: And the difference here being they went and drafted Scoot Henderson.
0: That's right. Who would replace him? The league's free agency period technically begins at 5 o'clock on Friday. The moratorium begin Saturday at midnight deals can be agreed to but can't be officially signed now until July 6th so welcome to a weekend of rumors the uh, ESPN crew answer the question the upcoming free agency period will be blank I like this one telling with the CBA as it is new CBA coming now it's a big storyline guys if you haven't brushed up on the new CBA. It's a big storyline because it's basically putting rules in place to try to keep a move like the Suns made to get a big three together almost impossible. But Unless somebody
1: gives up cash.
0: Unless you give up cash, right. With the new CBA and how strict it can be for tax-paying teams such as the Clippers, it'll be telling to see how many teams operate not only for this season but with the future in mind. A team like the Clippers, typically ready to do anything it takes to upgrade the roster, has to walk the line of trying to win a championship with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard while making sure they don't saddle themselves with bad contracts. So, NBA, offseason, free agency. Gentlemen, start your engines.
1: Aren't the Clippers about at the end of the road of this Paul George-Kawhi Leonard thing is going to work or not? Aren't they about ready to pull the plug? Yes.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Do you know, and it's also amazing because the timing of it couldn't be more perfect
1: for OKC. Almost as if there was a master plan.
0: I mean, in the Houston, the the timing of the Houston picks. Brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Wade, it's like, okay, we don't need anything next year, the following year. about Three years down the road, four years down the road. Brilliant. All right. Big story number Three.
1: Number three.
0: I still feel like most of the NFL news is kind of created stuff, but still, even in that creative stuff, did I say creative or created? Created stuff, right? It's like, oh, Derek Carr said they made his wife cry. So that's why he wasn't, he was done with the Raiders after that. I'm like, hey, guys, can we quit asking Derek Carr about his time with the Raiders and just let him move on? Yeah, it's, it's over. Okay, it's over. And we suck. But there's been some cool things said about Oklahoma quarterbacks, right? And how about this from Jason Kelsey on Jalen Hurts? Thought this was really when you're good. you the guy, you know, when you're Jalen Hurts, I, I know the way he thinks because we've mm-hmm. talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he still beats himself up for – this play and that play it's like dude you had like the best performance ever by a quarterback in the history of the Super Bowl you did just fine right but (laughs) the reality is when you're that guy if you're really a competitor you think you control stuff you don't want to acknowledge that somebody else or a field or officials because once you start doing that you start devaluing who you are Mm -hmm. and and who we are right now we're not giving that to anybody we control the outcome we made enough mistakes, and we would have fixed that stuff up. We win that game regardless of what happens with the field, anything. Wow, I think we can attest to that. We saw it firsthand, right?
1: He did make one gigantic mistake, though. What was that? Well, he fumbles the football in Kansas City, runs it back. Oh yeah, well that
0: was that. That was. That. <laughs> but would uh, it's funny?
1: I mean, I, I, they win the game if not for that play.
0: Which is funny because. I'm sure there was a part of as soon as they got off the air where Jason Kelsey goes, yeah, you know, it's, it's good to have the mentality, but I mean, he did have the fumble that pretty much cost us the game. I mean, they
1: had, I get the point. Right. There's plenty of other plays too, but if I'm Jalen Hurts, I mean, yeah, that bothers me. That's a huge mistake in the game. It's
0: something he's going to wear. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. The new Orleans saints are just unloading on the Raiders roster right now. Here's a quote from Juwan Johnson who is a tight end for the Saints. Quote, I feel like with Derek Carr here, there's a lot of things you can do. He's been in an offense where he's had Josh McDaniels, John Gruden, so he's had a lot of that. or He's had a lot that he can bring over to our offense. Obviously, we had a lot of pieces on our uh, on our offense, which I think he's probably never had before. So that's something he can use a little bit.
1: Man, the disrespect to Waller.
0: Uh yeah, you know, Carr did have some weapons, man. The biggest problem for the Raiders, they didn't protect him. You gotta protect a guy like Carr. They ignore the right tackle problem all season long and it burned him. You gotta protect Derek Carr. He's in that group of you know, the Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady's of the world, where they're not gonna overly create with their feet. You know, they don't have the Mahomes, Josh Allen. Hell, I'd even throw a big bin in, in where they can create in the pocket. You got to
1: Burrow is sneakily
0: athletic. Yep, that Carr kind of is too, but he he tends to panic a little bit when things get crazy in the pocket. You got to protect him. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this works in New Orleans, and then in that fascinated to see how this works in Vegas. If that it does.
1: Uh, that division's pretty interesting.
0: There, yeah, Baker in in Tampa. The NFC South, or NFC South is fascinating, which gets us to big story number two.
1: Number two.
0: We spent a lot of time on it. I'm going to reset for everyone at the bottom of the hour if you missed it. Also, it's available on the podcast page. We talked a lot, Josh Helmer, about the NCAA guidelines that were sent out yesterday. Well, they're a little, hey, 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 you better remember who's in charge here, right? You better recognize who's carrying the big stick. Don't you pick on us. It's the NCAA boys. It's not anyone else. And maybe it's a maybe it's a situation where conferences jump up and and start to take over. I don't know. But which way are we going? And to kind of break this down to the I mean the two big points that stand out that affect Oklahoma. Number 1 the NCAA is basically saying, no, I don't care what your state law says. We're going to have authority over that. I don't care what's okay on the state law. We're going to have authority over that, which would – and we kind of looked at that language in the Oklahoma bill, and New York passed one similarly. What would you say, Arkansas? Texas, Colorado. Texas is on the verge of it, where it basically says there's not an entity that can come in and go over the top grip on our authority
1: basically. Where state law
0: holds. NCAA is basically saying, no, 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 we still got that.
1: University leadership can be more involved than uh, what the NCAA put out.
0: So we'll, we'll reset a little bit of that. The other kind of thing is it basically just says that schools can't have relationships with. And,
1: and let's get collectors. to the crux of this thing, maybe coming up next. How, how daring is Oklahoma going to be? Good point.
0: Which gets us to big story number one. Number one, number one, number one, two hours and 20 minutes and not a word. Josh Helmer, not a word. Christopher Plank on Oklahoma's commitment yesterday from Xavier Robinson. We'll give you the details next three-star tailback chose the Sooners over Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Notre Dame. Numbers are impressive. Connections to the class that's already committed is impressive. We'll get into what we know about the 6'2, 220 pound uh, Xavier Robinson next, right here on the ref. What do, we, uh, what do we know about Xavier Robinson, Josh Helmer? Did you get to call any of his games this year? I did not. Okay. S- I did not. 6'2, two,
1: 220
0: pounds. One of the top five players in Oklahoma, according to rivals in ESPN. Last year, junior season, 2,594 yards, rushing, 39 touchdowns. Carl Albert won the state championship. He'll be teammates with Kevin Sperry. Oklahoma. <laughs> By the way, Carl Albert kind of ridiculous because you have Sperry, you have Robinson, and then you also have what, Tristan Hayes, Travis Washington and Marcus James.
1: Yeah, they they're good. <laughs> they will be very good.
0: The note that I'm reading from allsooners.com says that Robinson also noted that he is going to attempt to get four star Westmore defensive back Michael. <clears throat> Michael Patterson McDonald and David Stone to join him. In the 24 class.
1: Yeah, I think he's close with both. And Michael Patterson, McDonald, there's predictions out there that uh, the safety from Westmore will join Oklahoma. Of course, David Stone we probably talked a lot, plenty about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you get somebody that's close with those guys on board, it's only going to help. And, man, just watching his tape right now, I mean, upright runner, 6'2", 220, looks physical, got some uh, got some wiggle to him as well. I can see him fitting in for Oklahoma in a lot of different ways. I don't know that it necessarily has to be. I think probably he'd like to be in the backfield, but uh, I mean, I see somebody that's got transferable skills to places that aren't just running back at Oklahoma, whether that's, you know, an H-back type role or Oof. tight end down the line. Ooh.
0: He got a little burst, too.
1: Yeah, he's, he's got some acceleration. These he aren't, looks nice.
0: These aren't scrubs that he's going up against either, even though his offensive lineman was 10 yards downfield on that screen pass. Can you guys kind of look at these tapes a little bit? <laughs> he's got an offensive lineman that is really, really illegal on that screen
1: pass. That they- right there on that highlight, there was somebody noping out. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like yeah. tackling him.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out to the sidelines. What, what are we watching, huddle tape here? Yeah. I mean, that's against DeWasso, where he's shaking tacklers. You know, this isn't against – Ah, get off me. This isn't against Scrubs. It's not like you're watching some guy in 2A, 3A, 4A, and he's just running over – Your nephew, Jimmy, who's getting a little playing time. He's going up against some Joes, man. He's going to get some dudes. Little savior cat right there. I like him. I like him a lot. We'll see how he fits in. The very first note I had this morning from a friend of mine texted, What's the story with this David Stone guy? (laughs) Oh, not much. (laughs) (laughs) I had to laugh. I had to laugh. And then I got another one that said, Did he commit? I heard Michigan State, then not Michigan State. I heard OU, then not OU. I watched this kid. Just wondering where he's going. So, I don't know. maybe Xavier Robinson can help change his mind.
1: I know a guy that used to be neighbors with David Stone's family, and anyways, they said he's coming
0: to OU. Oh, well, they would know. Sam Edmonds writes, second coming of Dimitri Flowers in Xavier Robinson.
1: Yeah, has a lot of those types of traits for sure.
0: The 405 writes, Michael McDonald's entire family are Sooners, huge OU family. What could you do to entice a Sooner fan to have their son commit if I was going to break every rule? Sir, how would you like some seat selection at the new Love's Field? <laughs> you know, what, what could you do? What could I do here?
1: I, what does it I take? Would, I wouldn't recommend going that route. There's uh, some softball fans that are very cantankerous at no, the moment. No, it's
0: not. It's, uh, yeah, there's some anger. Volatile. Patience. Patience. I think you'll all be rewarded in the end. Um, but, yeah, good get. Brent, um, Who? Brent Venables. Has said they're gonna. Oklahoma is gonna be a major part of their recruiting footprint, right? It's just they want to keep the best guys home, and then in that, I think this is how the story was told. You know, when they go back and look at a guy after his junior season to see uh, where did they improve as a, as a senior, is this somebody now that made a jump? You know, they're looking in Oklahoma first. That suddenly went from being I had a guy that, you know maybe we weren't necessarily going to offer, but he's on our radar. Now, all of a sudden, Josh, you see that jump. And while, you know, most places, if you're not committed or you're not somewhere by your junior season, you're not a five-star, you kind of get forgotten about. But that's an area that they're never going to give up on. Not that Xavier Robinson is in that that category, but he's got yeah. It's just it's exciting to think about how important Oklahoma is to Brent Venables. And the success. Go back to that 2000 team. Look at some of the the, the glue guys. You love to be guys from your state.
1: That that get it. Understand what uh, Sooner tradition is about. Preach. This, this is a good text. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Look at you. Sean, big loss for Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. Easy to see where Xavier Robinson at Oklahoma can translate and can be, you know, if, if it's running back, can be a big-time difference maker there. If, uh, again, Dimitri Flowers-ish, if, if that role sort of services. Again, I, I think there's tight end type skills. Oh, wow. Okay. Down the line, uh, if, uh, I mean, I think he moves well enough that if you add a little bit of weight and the, the running back room is so stocked up that it goes a different direction there. I think all of those are possibilities for Xavier Robinson, but... That's not going to be a possibility in Ames, Iowa. It's a you know big miss for them. So there
0: you go, Xavier Robinson. He's a Sooner. You know who's coming up with everything on that possible? Parker Thune. Parker Thune at noon with Steelman coming up to recap all things recruiting. All right, there's a payoff on big story number one. When we come back, boy, the the text line has been absolutely on fire. Let's pay off your commitment to the show next right here on The Ref. I do love this jam, though, Josh. I know it was secondary. I know it was the second choice. I got a confession to make, too. Coming up in exactly 10 minutes on the show, by the way, this is the anniversary of one of the greatest sports moments and one of the greatest calls of all time.
1: And we'll leave it at that. Of all time. And thank you, text Line.
0: It's going to wrap the show up. Yeah, thank you, Camo Sooner. I'm glad you jogged my memory. The greatest ever. Josh, I was in the... Uh, where was I the other day? What store was I in? I think I was over at the, uh, the Cellar. Right next to Sprouts. And they were... I guess they have a station that they play in there. And Hall Notes, Rich Girl came on. Yeah? <laughs> have you ever heard that song before? Oh,
1: yeah. We I played really, it right here. I think.
0: I, I think that's. I think I had heard it during the day on our show. I'm literally singing that while I'm walking around the store, where people probably think I'm a crazy person. It's like there's some guy jamming out to Hall and Oates in the back, and I realize it's one of those songs that when it's on, if it's ever on a station I'm listening to, I'm gonna turn it up. Oh, it's. There's just no it. So I have to confess to jamming Hall and Oates. It's a bop.
1: A bop, bop kids.
0: All right, to the text line. (laughs) Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Sean writes, there's been a complete collapse of Schmitty workout videos and stories online. Does the blood still run red on Asp? Sean is a, uh, he is the open pushback. He's a Schmitty truther. Against the video. Well, I think more than being a Schmitty truther, I think it's the pushback on the hype videos. He's not a big fan of the Ben Simmons type. My gosh, did you see him make that jumper? It's like show me on the field. You don't have to give me the what's the the dirty work done in the dark. I don't need to see it. Done dirty dark work Something dirty like that. Right? Granite sooner. Which again reminds me of the Rick and Morty bit where they survive and Rick turns he's like, oh, just don't want to take these things for granted. And Morty goes, did you just say take it for granted? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's granted. It's taken. Oh, my God. And then he wiped his mind. <laughs> he took the memory away from him. <laughs> so from granted sooner. Guys, I don't really understand the whole NIL process, how it works, et cetera. But the NCAA stance seems crazy to me. Why wouldn't you want the schools to have some control? We have seen what happens when boosters run amok. If they want to police this, why wouldn't they step in with some sort of limits on a mouse to keep a kid from going to a school he has always wanted to, to go to a place throwing him a big bag of cash? This doesn't make any sense to me. Well, Grant, here's what... I was trying to think of different analogies for this that work. A parent that's not overly disciplinarian to you when you're growing up, and then all of a sudden when you're a teenager they become a disciplinary and you're like the hell did that come from not like i I'm just saying i'm just trying to think of a comparison in my work that's kind of what the ni what the ncaa is suddenly sounding like in NIL. so just to better understand it granite let's give you the quick cliff note version granite granite 2 years 2 years since the July 2020, 2021, whenever it was.
1: Yeah, two years of name, image, likeness.
0: Since the introduction of NIL, the NCAA basically said, yeah, you know, have fun. <laughs> guys, enjoy yourself. All right, don't induce people to come to your school with it and make sure there's some scheduling things in play where it's not – fa- they can't do an NIL deal instead of a team-related activity. I think it's
1: how it's worded. Remember, guys, our facade is we care about school. But we care Carry about on. your
0: school. And so through this, the NCAA didn't do anything collectives formed, then offshoots of collectives formed, then collectives got basically franchised like McDonald's or Burger King and there was a Georgia-run franchise that was operating in Oklahoma and then, you know, just, you had all these different arms of it. And there were no rules. Finally, after like a year, the NCAA, under new management, is like, oh, everybody, you need to calm down a bit. And... Gave a little bit of a facade in the Jalen Rashad, Jane Rashada buzz around Florida. And, you know, the the Cavender twins didn't even really become a an NIL issue, right? And they didn't really do anything there. So states went out and said, all right, well, states, universities went out and said, we need to have more control over this because we're not allowed to Talk to the collectives. We're not allowed to pretend like it exists, and it's a massive part of everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, it's like this elephant in the room that you're doing business with that you can't talk to. Right! And so what the state lawmakers wanted to do for the universities is take away that gray area. And basically the NCAA is coming in and saying, yeah, but this is not (laughs) fair for states where – they don't have the same law. They want the competitive balance.
0: Which, in the end, we'll see if the NCAA truly has the power to become an enforcement arm, or if it's a a 62-yard field goal when you're down three with two seconds left to try to force overtime.
1: It might be a 65-yard field goal. A Bill Callahan field goal to uh, take away the shutout? That might even be a better analogy because I think
0: you're down big. (laughs) I think you're facing an uphill battle. But also in that, we keep hearing, well, they want more time. They need more time. How much more time do you need? Sean writes, (laughs) the NCAA could ban schools from those states' participation in postseason events and funds from NCAA payouts, i.e. basketball tournament monies, which again,
1: if, if well, it good gets thing we don't that. have to worry about the NCAA basketball tournament monies.
0: <laughs> the, do they want a strong-arm him? I mean, do you, all I've ever heard about the NCAA is that they don't want to end up in court. But these seem to me, Josh Helmer, to be a lot of conversations and discussions that are going to land you in the courtroom. <laughs> You're battling... And if that's what they want to do and that's where they want to spend their money, a whole new approach, right? A couple of other quick ones here. Uh, Guy, I would mentioned, hey, I want some, I need some of your old OU tapes if you got them. Guy writes, I have many VHSs from the 80s. Dad, however, would pause commercials and at halftime, he'd forget to unpause and we'd miss like half the third quarter. Oh, no. My, my, uh, my papaw. My papaw. Um was really big on taping everything. And I kept his VHS collection, or at least I'm supposed to, Mom, have it somewhere. And everything was labeled and everything was great. And he would pause for the commercials on every show and everything that he taped, except the Super Bowl. He wanted to make sure he kept those commercials. I have all these VHSs and I don't know how to play them. We have one VHS player in our house that doesn't work. When I was home, I tried to put in a VHS to one of my mom's VCRs and it just ate it up. So I just left it there. I hope it wasn't like deep family memories or something. It's like, that's someone who finds this eaten up VHS tape in about a year from now. The VCR just swallowed it and destroyed it. I tried to pull it out and the thing was, the um, tape was coming with it. I'm like, stick that back in there. All right, game over. I think that's a worry for someone else. I appreciate the attempt, though, guy. Colin Casey. oh, you struggled for one year. At least if Brent Venables is in the right hire, we're not struggling due to lack of talent on the roster. His classes are stacked. Nebraska was depleted and is depleted in every way. I don't I don't know. I don't know, Josh. You know everything I hear. And I might be getting a slight homeristic take from it from my Nebraska fan uh, friends. Everything I hear is that what they're doing on the recruiting trail is big time, and the portals big time. And apparently, they're getting another commitment today
1: from a tight end prospect. Yeah, I wonder who Mitch was talking about. Let's let's check the crystal balls, and we check the crystal ball projections. Probably could find out real quick.
0: Uh, Sioux City Sooner. Do you know how many bar fights I've been in because of delusional Husker fans? A lot since living here in 1989. Well, some of those Sioux City sooner. There was a run in the, in the, in the 90s where, you know, it could be a good old back and forth. 405 writes, All this is about the NCAA is them losing their money and power, which equals no control anymore. And with that, the simplest of simple text messages might have hit the absolute point. Might have hit it. Might have got it right. They realize they're going away. And when they realize they're going away, it becomes kind of desperate measures. My quick break. <laughs> big, big anniversary in sports. Big anniversary in sports. To me, you might say do you believe in miracles yes is one of the greatest sports calls of all time i disagree you might say jack buck in 19 was 85 or 87 we will see you
1: tomorrow night
0: number one number two go crazy folks go crazy folks the Cardinals win the game on a home run by the Wizard. Drink away your frustrations folks, the Cardinals win. <laughs> Harry Carey had a, a couple of classics in. The- Unfortunately, Harry never got to call a World Series with the Cubs. But you you might say um and they're not going to keep him off the field tonight. You might say, unhitch the wagon, put the ponies in the barn.
1: And you probably should. And you probably should. You might say, let's go. Is <laughs> your favorite
0: call of all time. But I'm here to tell you, they all pale in comparison to the greatest play-by-play call in the history of mankind. And we'll play it for you next on The right God He is <laughs> broken in half. Good God almighty. Good God almighty. They killed him. With God as my witness, he's broken in half. We've got to find that into a softball call at some point, like in a like a twelve nothing game. See, you weren't since you weren't a wrestling fan. It's just like ah, okay, I've seen the video. Right, it's not really much in the world of Josh Helmer,
1: but Jim it's a great. Ross,
0: call. Legend, hell in a cell, can't really do that in wrestling anymore, can you? I don't. I don't think anyone looks. I don't think anyone looks and thinks about You know what we should do? You see that top of the ring up there? I'm throw you off that. What do you think? The, top the, the
1: theatrics, page? Just perfect presentation.
0: Civic Arena, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Don't even know if Civic Arena is still around. 1998, June 28th. Mankind versus The Undertaker. Hell in a cell. Build as one of the great grudge matches in the history of WWEF. Oh, by the way, The Undertaker did end up winning the match. I mean, hell, he threw him off the top of the cage. You would hope that he would. Jim Ross, man, the GOAT, absolutely. In, the, in, in my opinion, in my... Oh, no! Hold on! Hold on from the 405. You just... You just take that back. You take that back from the 405. Who writes, that isn't sports, it's theater. Sir, do I I have to block a number today? It's still real to me. Don't you understand how mankind had disrespected Undertaker in the lead up to that? How he had questioned, questioned, the toughness of Undertaker and what led to it? Come on. It's theater, not sports. Stop it. It is sports. Block. I'm not blocking him. It's kind of funny. Um there's a twenty-five year old W I'm sorry, twenty-five year WWE special that they just did with Taker and Mick watching the match and talking about it. It's on YouTube. And it's pretty good.
1: <laughs> Block him.
0: <laughs> no. No, it's, it's, he's, he's probably right at its core. Man, I'm, I can end up. I got a lot of work to do, Josh. We're working on classic games, we're working on this show. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I know when I'm going to end up down a rabbit hole tonight. Great Jim Ross calls. <laughs> Great Jim Ross calls. Uh, Brian in the Tulsa. Any JR call on any Randy Orton match where he hits the RKO is a classic. He's right. He's right. All right. Yeah, here's another one. 25 years. Here's another one. That 405 text, which you take note of what happened on the David Letterman show with the wrestler and the guy that didn't believe it was real. Yeah, I also, though, think in the end, the guy that got – Smacked, Ended up making a
1: lot of money off of it. So, congratulations. <laughs>
0: all right, y'all. We got to go, man. Have a great rest of your day. Steelman and Thune at noon are coming up next. 25 years. Hell in a cell. Good God almighty. God is my witness. He broke him in half. He's dead. JR is the best, man. Uh, and I know you all want Xavier Robinson news. So, Parker Thune is coming up next with all the deets. We'll see you guys tomorrow from Cavens right here on The Ref.